Is that right, Dr. Susanna Newell? I'm, I'm not a doctor. I thought you were a no. doctor. I have, no. I've kind of uh, developed my own, like, Tommy's Law with this podcast. Uh-huh. Is whenever I'm not sure, just err on the side of doctor. Because no one will, <laughs> no one will ever be upset if you call them a doctor and they're not. They'll be like, oh, you. <laughs> Versus you never want to have on a doctor and be like, here's Miss Newell. And it's like, excuse me. So, right. so with that, right. Susanna, Miss Susanna Newell, please introduce yourself. Yes. Yeah. So, th- so thank you so much. I'm yeah. definitely not a doctor. Although, Tommy, I feel like I almost could be because I've been doing so much research uh, about my uh, COVID vaccine injury that now part of me can go speak doctor speak when I'm in the office. So just to, I guess, lay out who I am and why I got so lucky to uh, speak with you today. Um, I got my second Pfizer vaccine on April 13th, 2021, and um, almost immediately within less than 48 hours started having issues and am still having severe issues today. I uh, I've been in the hospital a bunch of times. I've been to the ER a bunch of times and am now a frequent flyer at many different doctor's offices, including specialists. Um, just to back up before life went chaotic for me in April of April 2021, I I was a long distance biker. Like I do that MS-150 bike ride from Duluth to Minneapolis. It's, it's 150 miles. So it's like 75 miles, followed about 75 miles. Also did the women's um, YWCA triathlon. So it's like a sprint triathlon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply going to like what they do in the Olympics. It's, um, but I'm not an Olympiad and I, and I, you know, I wasn't necessarily, um, winning medals there, but I was doing these things and I was very, very active. And and now I need a walker, um, pretty consistently a, a cane or definitely a wheelchair if I'm going more than a couple of blocks. Um, I actually was hoping this would get better. I thought by now things would have improved, but, and people want it to improve. I think when you have a chronic injury and like something like you got injured by the COVID vaccine, they're like, oh, you drew the short straw. Sorry for you. You know, it's very safe and effective for everybody else. I'm sure you'll get better in time. And I'm like, I, you know, in the beginning, I actually was super quiet about it. I didn't want to scare people. It was April, and I'm like, hmm, something's wrong with me. This isn't good, but, you know, maybe they can just study me and make sure this doesn't happen yeah. to me. But as time marches on, it's, yeah, it's concerning, and it's not getting better. Although meditation is helping me, so. Was, well, for everybody listening, that's what we started to talk talk about right before the yes. podcast was meditation and um, how it, that is hands down is the – is like the the cement, the diamond foundation on which anything in my life rests on is my ability to, for some people it's prayer, for me it's meditation. You go inside and, and 
and quiet the mind. And I would love to go down that track. But before we do, because I can and I will, I will, I will beat you to death with with, with meditation. <laughs> I will. I would um, love to hear more about it since I'm new to it and you've been at it for a while. And you know, I'm I'm hanging on desperately to it to help me heal too. So. All right. Well, let's go into it then. Screw it. We'll go into it. Enough of the COVID. Vaccine. We can we can go whatever order you want. Though right. you do this on a regular basis. So well, yeah. well, I was going to say in terms of meditation and podcasts, although I do it on a regular basis, I am just as lost as I was on day one that I am on day on year fifteen of meditation on episode seven hundred eight of this podcast. I still stumble into this thing every day and have no idea how it happens. So. We'll get, I do want to get into that then. Could we real quick just go into what exactly the vaccine in, uh, in, excuse me, injury was? Some people it's Guillain-Barre, some people it's myocarditis, pericarditis, some people it's rash, some people it's seizure, some people it's just on and on and on. Um, there's paralysis. I know that there's like something like 30,000 cases of permanently disabled. I think it might be 18 or 18,000. I might be wrong on that. There's miscarriages. Obviously, there's 23,000 deaths. Um could we real quick go into just what exactly the injury was? And then we'll just fly the rest of this thing into meditation. Who cares? Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So starting back to, you know, less than 48 hours after my vaccine, I had, and it's still kind of here, but like a, a lymph node in my neck that just okay. started swelling up. In addition to that, I felt like extremely fatigued, like, like I had just run two marathons or something back to back or had had biked not just 150 miles, but maybe 300 miles. Like I know what fatigue feels like after pushing my body from exercising and being more of an endurance athlete. And this was something new. Um, I I had bruising, actually like new bruising on my arms, just showing up and all over me. Like it looked like a rash, but it was kind of, it was more bruising. Um, and then I do have a rash on my forehead. I don't know if you can see it, but no. I still have it. Like it's been here since April. <laughs> it started right away. So a rash on my forehead that actually looks like acne, but isn't acne. Um, and flares up when I uh, have like a high histamine uh, diet. So histamine reactions is a problem for me. So, so I waited two weeks, though. This thing on my neck was, you know, bothering me, but I thought, oh, I'll just put uh, a hot compress on it. It'll go away. I just need to give it a little time. I'm having a reaction. I'm sure I'll bounce back. Two weeks later, I went to the doctor. They started doing a whole bunch of tests, uh, ended up getting an ultrasound, which showed inflammation, infection, or cancer in my uh, lymph node and parotid gland. And so then I did an MRI and... It said the same thing. Um, that I remember the ear, nose. I kept getting referred to uh, different specialists. The ear, nose, and throat doctor was like, "Oh, I'm not concerned about that. It's little." I'm like, "That's awesome. I'm super pumped. You're not concerned about this thing in my neck, and I'm not even either. If you're not, but there's something wrong with me. Like I am fatigued. I I was starting a brain fog. I, I was actually valedictorian in my high school and. <laughs> And I was like, my brain's not working. I don't know what's going on. Like my mom and sister noticed, wow, she's not as sharp as she used to be. So fast forward like a month later, at this point I can't walk. Like my my right leg is an extreme burning pain. Like I have burning pain on my inner thigh and I, I can't walk like unassisted. So we went to the end 
and I was getting like heart palpitations too, like problems with my heart, like chest pains as well. So we went to the emergency room and, you know, they ran a bunch of tests and they're like, well, we could keep you here um, and, you know, have you do a, an echo stress test uh, out as an inpatient or you can go home and do it outpatient. I'm like, if you're telling me I can go, I'm going to go home. I don't want to be in the hospital. So uh, I'll do it outpatient. So we went home. Insurance ended up later denying that echo stress test, but I ended up getting one later when I was in the hospital last year on Thanksgiving with chest pains as well. But backing up, um, two days later, they my doctor's office called me. Things were worse. I was having trouble seeing, uh, and actually, this eye uh, dilates funny. It, like it'll like pulsate sometimes. <laughs> It's like I've morphed into some alien, but really what it is, is my autonomic nervous system is completely out of whack. Uh, as I'm sure you've heard from others, you know, things like losing your sense of taste and smell is autonomic. It's part of your autonomic nervous system. So I never had that. I've always had my sense of taste and smell, but my pupils aren't dilating properly. My heart's not regulating properly, among other things. I, I ended up going to the Mayo Clinic. Actually, I'm here in Minnesota. So the Mayo Clinic's in Rochester. So two days later when my doctor said, well, if you're dizzy and you can't see, you need to go to the emergency room. And my husband's like, we're not going back to the same emergency room you went to that told you to just go home. We're going to the Mayo Clinic. Like he had wanted me to go before. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to the Mayo Clinic. But then I'm like, well, this is weird. If anyone's going to help me, it's going to be them, Right. So we drove there. I was, had like tons of tests. Um, it kind of seemed like I was having a stroke. Like they did, they had a, they noticed my eye mm -hmm. at this point. They're like, oh, your eyeball is much, you know, this pupil is way bigger than this pupil. And, um, you know, they had me do the test where you hold your arms out. And like, I closed my eyes and my hand was dropping and I couldn't hold my right leg up. Um, but with all the tests, they're like, yeah, nothing looks wrong. <laughs> And obviously something was wrong. So, but I was there for two nights and then, um, you know, then, then just came a whole series of, they, they had me go home. I, I couldn't walk well, but then came a whole series of follow-up doctor's appointments and more uh, painful tests and less answers, and more questions. Fast forward to today though, I officially have, and I, Actually, I knew I had this back in, in July. How did I know it? I knew it because I was connecting with other vaccine injured and they were telling me what their symptoms were and they were getting tests. You know, they were farther along in the process. They were getting tests. So I asked my neurologist in an outpatient appointment on in July, I said, can we do a small fiber neuropathy skin punch biopsy test? I think I have small fiber neuropathy. And he said to me, I'm not convinced. And so I had to wait until December of last year to get that test. Guess what came back positive in January? Small fiber neuropathy. Ah. And you know, as a woman, I'm going to say, sometimes it's hard to go into these doctor's appointments. As a smart woman who maybe did some research and knows like, oh yeah, I probably have small fiber neuropathy. Like you have to be a little gentle <laughs> with egos. Yeah, I was about to say egos. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I could have been diagnosed back in July when I asked for it. I mean, I'm not doing this for fun. Like, I'm sorry you're not convinced, but like, could we just run the test? Because my body is not working here and I'm having these symptoms that everybody else is having. So it's, you know, that's the part that like, I am... Like I've been in corporate America. I work, I work in corporate social responsibility. I'm on disability right now, but in a financial institution. It's kind of funny though, because we lack so much social responsibility, governmental social responsibility in regards to the vaccine and how they've been rolling them out. And we lack pharmaceutical social responsibility. There's just, it's, and big medical social responsibility. Just let me and insurance, social responsibility, let me do these tests. Like, I need help. I kind of know what I have. Please just let me run this test. So he agreed after he ran some other tests that came back negative. And then finally in December, I got it. Finally in January, I got the results back. And finally this coming Friday, I get to see a new neurologist who specializes in small fiber neuropathy. But I had asked him, and already had a referral from the neuro-ophthalmologist who actually had small fiber neuropathy and also agreed that he thought I had it. He's like, you need to see this other neurologist. And, you know, un unfortunately, it took that long. Like, I could have seen that other neurologist back in July, but they talked amongst themselves, decided for me to go forward with the other neurologist plan. And here I am, like, without treatment. And I mean IVIG, which you may have heard about from any other vaccine injured, or maybe not. Mm -hmm. I can bring you up to speed again please, with my please do Dr. It. Newell. And I'm, 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 I'm getting, you are Dr. Newell. I'm making a note on my phone <laughs> for, I want, if there's a podcast I want to get you on, one of my friends. I just don't want you to think I'm playing on my phone. Every, I, don't know. I always I need to get a notepad because I'll, I'll bring up my phone during a podcast and start like punching in notes so I don't forget. And I'm always scared the guest is going to be like, screw this guy. So I'm just <laughs> no way. I'm just thankful for you and taking the time to hear my story and no, share my well, story. No, so thank you, coming, thank you for coming out. What I want to say, though, is like, I mean, and I'd say all of this relatively and as someone who's a thousand percent on your side. So if I butcher things semantically just give me some uh, some mercy sure. you're almost a you're almost the best person for this to happen to in terms of speaking out against it as someone who's valedictorian and as someone who's an insane athlete 150 i walk a mile every morning well, that's one of the things meditation i also walk a mile on the treadmill i'm up to four miles an hour thank you very much love it i don't know love how it. you do that my mom runs marathons and she's 62 you are, you're doing this and you're so, but what I mean is like, so you can tell, right? It's um, one of the physicians I had on here uh, talked about why so many professional athletes are not getting it because they are all of their like biometric levels. Those are all measured. I mean, they're because they're very valuable assets. I mean, sports teams are private corporations. You have just like you got to hit your marks, you got to sell this many cars or the hedge fund has to grow by this much or you got to sell this many albums. They're checking everything on the athlete. What's your vertical leap? What's your, you know, your VO2? What's your and they are these very so again if it's if it's someone who not even necessarily who's like obese, but if it's just someone who maybe doesn't exercise regularly or if it's someone who's not stupid but also maybe not just, you know, a naturally bright person 
people around them might not notice a little fog. And, and who knows? Maybe it won't even be intelligence. Maybe it's a it's a funny person who's maybe not necessarily intelligent, but they're sharp and they got quick responses. And you know, you can maybe say you can maybe tell that they're not they're not you know they're not as fierce. They're not jabbing as as quickly. It's kind of like what's wrong? It's these it's these people who are more on the outliers of uh, skills and abilities and talents that they've developed, be it humor, intelligence, or biking 150 miles, which is just insane, that when you do introduce something and there is an injury, you can look at it a little more and go, what is that? What What is that? Bob can't bike 150 miles. Well, Bob's also never biked one mile. So, of course, Bob can't. You know, Tommy is just not as smart as... Well, yeah, he's not. he's not a physician. So... That's what I mean when I say it's 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 good relatively. It's good that it happened to you because your testimony about this to me is that much more credible, if that makes any sense. It it does make sense. It you sucks. know, it might be heard more. It sucks. I, like Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Tommy. I'm glad it happened to me. Good. I'll I'll carry this cr- no, I I mean I get it. It's it sucks. But, yeah, yeah. It, I hear you, though. I, I think you're right. I mean, I know. A, well, what I like to say, too, is that what's happened to me is an uncomfortable truth. It's uncomfortable for people who believe in the vaccine um, as our savior and as the thing that's going to, you know, get everybody back to, quote, normal. Um, and then you see somebody like me who... <laughs> who was athletic, who has having brain fog, was, you know, valedictorian is having brain fog and struggling so much. And it's uncomfortable, right? So like a lot of people want to brush off my uncomfortable truth as something else. Like if people don't know me and don't know those things about me or can't necessarily validate it right away because we're not Facebook friends or something, they, they might want to write me off to say, oh, she's menopausal. I've seen that. Or like, oh, it's just her thyroid or something. <laughs> like, it's but like, not the most 50s mindset, 1950s. <laughs> oh, she's just a woman. Put on <laughs> some makeup and make yourself a dream. Yeah, you know. It, like, it's funny. It's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's some I, 1950s you know like, stuff. I actually, like, maybe it's the meditation. I don't know. But when people that I don't know come at me like that, I actually feel, you know, I feel a little sorry for them because I I feel sad that their truth, they're so ingrained in their truth and they're so scared. Like, I think it's fear. I literally think it's fear. Oh, yeah. They're so scared that they they need to attack somebody who's injured, like who's legitimately injured. And I think everybody's just dealing with so much fear right now, like fear, you know, people have fear of losing their jobs, fear of the jab, fear of dying from COVID. Like there's so much fear that they're just wanting to, you know, attack others. It's that fight and flight sort of mm-hmm. amygdala response right now. So, so I can, I can accept and, and, I don't know if forgives the right way, but like word, but I can accept when people do that to me that I don't know. When they do know me and they're saying those things or calling me an anti-vaxxer, I'm like, are you kidding? I stood up in line first. And 
And by you the got way, the va- by definition, your vaccine injury, you got the vaccine. Yeah. I mean, I, and I didn't, it wasn't even forced upon me. I'm all for it. I'm just for safety and accountability and social responsibility and, and having the right to speak. I mean, I've lost my uh, freedom of speech, right? I, I have to speak in code on Facebook. Like, it's weird. I'm not a criminal. I'm just injured. I'm vaccine injured. So, all of, yeah, it's concerning, but the it hurts the most when it's somebody that I know that goes attacking. But I do know that they're deeply ingrained in their fear, too. So I have to, you know, be at peace with that. There's a lot to meditation there in that you do kind of look at things more as why are they actually doing this? Does this person really hate me? Does this per or, and maybe they are. And that, you know, that's maybe the downside of meditations. Maybe you give people more benefit of the doubt, but I've found at least in my short life, even just doing this podcast, interviewing Dr. Malone, Dr. McCullough and the tons, tons of others is, you know, when people I know will text me or email me, and they're like, dude, you know, you got into medical school. Like, I thought you were like, I've always known you. Like, you're a good, like, what is this shit, man? You're spread, you're killing people, dude. This is your beer. I look at it and I'm like, this is someone that I'm friends with, or maybe not friends with anymore, but just because we're older, we're, everyone's kind of growing and getting married and moving, sure, whatever. I'm like, this is someone that, like, there was never any, like, bad blood between, if that's the right word, bad energy. Whereas at first I can be like, and yeah, fuck that guy. Sometimes I kind of look at it more. And I'm like, where are they coming from? Maybe they're equally terrified. Maybe they're also 31, have no idea what this is. Is it a bioweapon? Is it a naturally occurring pandemic? Are we ever going to go back to normal? Is this our generation's World War II? What is going on? And maybe you see someone else that's talking and, because there's nothing else you can grab onto. It's not an invading army where you can shoot at them. And if you don't have a gun, you can grab a knife and go at them. Instead, it's something that's, you know, on the nano scale. No one can see it. There's no one to point to and say, that's the enemy. There's there's no Nazi stronghold you can go bomb or there's no imperial Japanese palace you can drop a nuke on. But instead, it's just, it's cough. And then you see one guy who's out there saying, hey, you know, I don't think this is the best response to it. Maybe there's nothing else, so you grab onto the only punching bag you can see. And maybe not. Maybe they're just a bad person. And if that's the case, they got to live with that. And I do feel bad for them because, man, what a terrible life to just be a bad person. But I try to, like, I try to keep my heart open to, like, maybe it's just fear. Maybe they're just fear. And it's caveat. I keep my heart open because it's just someone sending a mean text or a mean Facebook message. If anyone actually started to kind of like enact violence on me, okay, well, not, the heart's going to be closed. I'm going to call the cops or I'm going to shoot you myself. But like, you know, when it's something like that, now it's harder. It's harder to keep your heart open when it's Facebook or, or I'm permanently banned from YouTube and I have been since August. It's harder to keep your heart open when you're looking at them. At first you can, you go, maybe it's just a scared employee. Maybe it's a scared CEO. Maybe it's a CEO who's not 31, but at one time he was 31, and at one time he was 3.1. And maybe he's going, I don't know what's going on with this. I'm in charge of this company. 
I'm going to make a tough decision and say, no one can talk about ivermectin. No one can talk about vaccine injury. I want this pandemic to be over. Maybe he lost his mom to COVID and he's doing, um, but your heart can only be open for so long before you have to go, okay, well, you, Mr. CEO, or you, Mr. Facebook friend, what about, like, I get where you're coming from, fear. I get, okay. But what about, what about this person over here? who's vaccine injured, and now they're trying to talk out. At the very least, they're trying to figure out what happened to them and try to warn others that this might happen to you. Not that it will, but that it might. Well, now, it's if they're shutting that down where it's like, okay, well, now it's kind of harder to keep your heart open because this person over here has been hurt, hurt more than you, and you're not letting us talk about that. So... I don't really, which is what I do with this podcast. I don't really know where that rant was going, what the purpose of that was, but I do get what you mean in terms of, yeah, it's some, sometimes you just feel bad for them. You're like, what, you know, where are you? Whenever someone is like really like, like inappropriately rude, where it's not even like, oh, that guy's just tired. Whenever someone's just mean and you're like, that guy's mean. I always try to think, what proof do I have? that this guy didn't lose his older brother to suicide five days ago. I lost my older brother almost eight years ago. I would say for the knock on wood, for the most part, I've accepted it and moved forward. Not for a while though. Not for a while. For a couple of years, it was not only that I was, that I was rude. I was an outwardly bad person to be around. I was mean. I was vindictive. I was hateful. I was toxic. I was, I was venomous. I, I blamed everyone. I hated everyone. Now, that guy might just be a bad person. So, but again, the point is, is I try to look at it as like, all right, did that guy lose? Probably not. But if he did, and I have no idea if he did it or not, how would he be acting? Yeah, maybe he would be mad I took his parking spot. Maybe he's just going to snap. Maybe that person's vaccine injured. Maybe she can't bike 150 miles anymore. Maybe she snaps. I don't know. Now, as someone who has not been vaccine injured, how do you feel about, because as someone with a podcast that's just talking about the bad topics, it's kind of easy for me to brush these things off. Tommy, you're spreading misinformation. It's like, and block. But for you, you're sitting there and you're like, hey, like I actually, I, I just go back to my life. I just keep going to do whatever. You're sitting there and you're like, hey, I still need like a walker. And I, here I am, still with a walker, every day. How do you keep your heart open to people that attack and silence you? Is there a limit to? Is there a limit to the rationalization that maybe they're just scared? Is there a point where you're like, "Hey, screw you"? I don't really know where I'm going with any of this. Are, are you picking up on? Yeah, a down? no, I. I love it though. I love this conversation. And for me, this is, you know, where I landed a while ago and some, which is, I've said this before when I've spoken, but you know, I don't have a good platform to speak out. So again, thank you for yours. Um, Thank you for coming on. I, I feel like this is a pandemic of trauma and the, for everyone and and the trauma, you know, which you've experienced when um, your brother committed suicide, that's traumatic and it's going to last a long time sure. and you forever, really. Yeah. It will forever change your life, yeah. right? 
So I think everyone's experiencing trauma. Um, and I think the trauma is created by fear. I think, you know, there was um, some fear created, right? Like, it, and some of it's valid. People were dying from COVID. I do believe in that. Like, I know that. Um, but some people are injured from the vaccines too. I think, I think where I sit as far as that piece and I feel like we have to pull together for humanity. This has been like my speech ever since the very beginning. My very the very first time I spoke out and and this this speech made it all the way to Italy somehow. <laughs> it was in front of a like I think it was a stop the mandates um event like March, which I did not march. I, I can't walk very well, but I spoke there and uh, it was in Minnesota at the Capitol in October of last year. And I wasn't even sure I was going to go because I figured this event was going to be um, full of people who didn't think like me politically. Um, I happened to be a registered Democrat and I'm like, oh yeah, it's going to be a bunch of, you know, yeah. uh, Republicans who maybe might like hate me or something because I'm, I'm a Democrat. But, uh, I feel like I was, I don't even know if I was meditating. I think I was meditating already by then, but like I, I like meditated about it and thought that a, a wonderful friend across the street is like set out a candle and a glass of water and get clarity about it and see if you want to do it. So I decided to do it. And I'm so glad I did because when I spoke, I said, Hey, I was afraid to come here today because I thought that most people in the crowd are going to be thinking differently than me. And I could see flags waving that were different than maybe what I think. Um, but I said, I think that's the problem. The problem is we're being torn apart and we're being torn apart by politics, by um, greed, you know, like CEO of pharmaceutical greed and I'd say by politics, big pharma, big medical, and we really just need to come back together for humanity. And then when we went to Washington, D.C. to speak out, like I spoke out on Senator Ron Johnson's panel on November 2nd with Brian Dressen and Kim, Kim Whitsack. That's how I met Kim, actually, and she's a Minnesotan, too. So. Yeah, I love Kim. She's, oh my gosh, part Kim. Like she is an amazing human. She connected us and I yeah, I just love Kim. So when I was on that panel before we were going, they were like, oh, we've got these red shirts that we're making. And I was like, what if we make purple shirts? Like purple is the intersection of red and blue. You know, if you put red and blue together and you see the middle, there's purple there. And maybe like purple for humanity. So it doesn't have to be blue politics. It doesn't have to be red politics. If you put the two together, there is an overlap, I think, where yeah. both sides really care about humans. That's a good, sorry to interrupt. That's a good point. I think like Purple Heart, you know, if you're injured fighting yeah. for the United States, you're not injured fighting for Democrats or fighting for Republicans. Little side note. Sorry, keep going. That's true. I didn't, is I that never, why it I is I have no idea. I, I don't, if it is, then I, who knows? Maybe we just made that up. Maybe we need to. Uh, I, I love it. But you know what's funny? We need to patent that, that argument. That. I, I love it. I actually gave Kim one of these and I, I gave them to doctors that I saw. I didn't have a conversation with Dr. Malone the last time I was there, but I had one, I think, with Dr. Doyle or Coyle. And 
I have these little purple hearts that I give to doctors when they listen to me. I'm going to show you. And I'd love that. I should send you one Please if you give me your address. But Please that's do. just like a little purple like amethyst. And it's like, thank you. Thank you for because Not all doctors want to listen. Some are like, I'm not convinced. And others are like, Ooh, this is interesting. Let me see how I can help you. Yeah, so when it. I get I'll take one, I'll give you my address. I'll, 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 pin right? one, I'll pin one up in my little makeshift studio. Yeah. Or it's, it's like, I feel like it's an amethyst and it's a crystal and that's supposed to be healing. And I think like if we all just have more humanity, that's why I'm wearing purple. Like yeah. on these interviews, I just wear purple. I'm like, Beautiful. let's just meet in the middle. I mean, let's just, it doesn't matter if you're blue or red, you feel like masks are the right things to wear. You feel like they're, damaging the people like it doesn't matter like you and your individual thoughts around that you're you're truly believing that that's your truth you're not not wearing a mask because you want to kill somebody you're not wearing a mask because you believe they're wrong so if we can just accept that most people like you were saying most people are good right don't you think overwhelming majority of people are yeah are, are good and like you said yeah not wearing a mask isn't they want to kill like, dude, maybe there's one person out there who's just like, I'm giving COVID to every grandma. I am the Grim Reaper. <laughs> you know what? Fuck that guy. But you know what? Everyone else. It's the, and but at the same time, everyone that's like pushing vaccines, there's probably one person that's like, I just love it when I see people getting myocarditis. And again, fuck <laughs> that guy. But or that woman, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be inclusive here. But yes, yes. The vast enough. majority. That's, again, how I try to look at it. When people look at me and they're like, you're spreading misinformation, I can't. I'm like, they're not they're not coming at me because they're like, I hope Tommy's podcast fails. I hate this guy. They genuinely believe what they're, what they're standing for. And I even kind of like, in a weird way, I kind of like respect it. I'm like, there's someone that like truly believes in the betterment of everyone in, in their mind that they're willing to go against uh, an old friend named Tommy. They're willing to stand up and go, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be the one that tells them, hey, man, that's cool. I disagree with you, but that's cool. Like, I respect that. And at the same time, I would hope maybe they can see my point where I'm like, I'm willing to have the vast majority of people I know turn their backs on me because I'm I truly believe in what I'm, I'm interviewing vaccine in, injured individuals such as yourselves. I'm interviewing doctors who were fired for prescribing ivermectin who had to watch patients die with COVID because the hospital administrator said you can't use hydroxychloroquine. I truly believe where I stand. It's not because I'm like Pfizer sucks. I don't want them to make any money. Like that's not what it is. There's probably someone out there that, but again, the vast vast majority the people pushing ivermectin aren't making money off ivermectin and to an extent i believe that the people pushing for me to like shut up or to censor me they've probably lost someone close to covid and they might even go they might even think maybe there's like a a grain of truth to what tommy's saying but it's for the greater good and although that's a all of human history has shown that's a terrible uh, justification the people i know that have reached out to me and are angry I know them and they are wonderful human beings. So I have to look at them and go, in my mind, go, they're not a bad person or a bad, they're not a bad guy or girl. I know them. Like I would, you know, if I had kids, I, I, would, I would happily make them, I would let them babysit them without ever blinking twice. Like I would, if they ever needed anything, I would reach out in a second. You know, I know they're good people. I know they're smart people. I went to college with them. All of them they're all doctors and lawyers and, you know, but 
all of a sudden they're reaching out and they're saying negative things about me. I'm like, are they a bad person or do they maybe truly believe in something and they're taking a stand, which if they can realize that, then maybe they can realize where I'm coming from. And if I can realize where I'm coming from, I have to understand where they're coming from. And again, for the few people out there, they're just like, I just want to kill grandma. We're not dealing with them. They're demons. We don't need them. But they're the minority anyway. Yeah, right? screw them. Like, so, yeah. yeah. It, and I just feel like through, you know, I'm in Minnesota here. I grew up a couple miles away from where George Floyd was murdered. And, you know, we have a lot, just a lot of hate and division. And I, I truly believe if, you know, people slow down and start having conversations and realizing that there is more overlap, that there is like a middle section where they just care deeply about human beings rather than just standing firmly and and hating somebody. And in many cases, hating strangers that we don't even know just because either they wear their mask funny or they are wearing a mask or they're not wearing a mask or whatever it is. Like I, it's just, not doing us a service at this point. And I, I truly believe the only way out and there is wisdom in trauma. We've all had trauma. Like you said, some people have, have lost many people that they know and love to COVID and that's true. And that's a real trauma. So let's respect that for them, but they can also, I think it's a both. And I was talking to Kim about this. Kim Witzak, it's like, not saying but, but saying we can have both the vaccines and support and talk about vaccine injuries. Yeah. And it doesn't, doesn't need, need to be, be yeah. a but. It needs to be an and, yeah. right? Like, I, I think that would be, that would serve us all as human beings much better. Yeah. There was someone that at the gym I used to go to who would wear like three masks, a face, a face shield, latex gloves. And I was always just kind of like, dude, this this chick is nuts. I would just think to myself. And then I found out like months later that her husband had died of COVID. And in my mind, I'm like, and here I am walking in here every day in my mind going, look at this psycho. And it's like, geez, it's like, it's like, come on, look in the mirror, man. Like, what do you, I never said anything to her, but I'm like the fact that I was even holding those kind of smirking to myself, like, look at this idiot. And now I'm like, Oh, well, Jesus, the person she took vows with, you know, fell in love with, raised a family with, lived together, thought they were going to go into the golden years together. And then now he's just gone and she's alone and the kids are out of the house and she's working at a shitty gym. And I'm like, hey, man, you know, who cast the first stone? And so that's where I try to come from when I look at I'm like, where are they coming from? What do I know? Well, I mean, truly, what do I know? And yeah, it's 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 brutal. It's I think it's backing up from from the judgment, just like we were talking earlier, and you said it, and I think it's true. Like, not lucky for me, but I, you know, I was valedictorian. I did bike 150 miles over two days, by the way, 75. Oh, 70. oh my god, it's so much less impressive. Back, back. <laughs> just making sure that you know that piece, but. So I am able, and I have my corporate America experience for over 25 years or 20 some years. So I, you know, I'm able to advocate for myself and I'm able to be heard sometimes. And people, so many people aren't able to be heard. 
And that concerns me. And that's why I'm speaking out because it's like, I know so many other vaccine injured who are just getting cast aside and called anxious that I know what they're going through is real because I, of the symptoms that they're telling me. And again, like, who am I to judge somebody else's truth? Like you just said, like, who are, who are we to judge that person who's double masked over there? We have no idea what's going on in their life. Yeah. It's just, it, we have to, we have to get back to kindness and humanity or we won't make it out of this at this point. I, I feel like there is a shift. I feel like there's a coming together. When I was in Washington, D.C. this last time, you know, I was there in November and then again for the March um, in January, I felt like, look, there are people of all walks of life here, all races, all genders, all um, political sides, and we're all coming together because of, you know, we believe mandates, for me, they seem inhumane, especially if you're not going to support the vaccine injured. I mean, we have no safety net whatsoever. I have to pay for everything out of my own pocket. I'm lucky, though. I'm I'm lucky because I have short-term disability that's turning into long-term disability at work, and I have insurance. But I know many people who don't, mm-hmm. again. So again, that gives me an opportunity. Like, I've got my safety net. I've got my husband. My, my kids are teenagers, so they can help me. They don't need me in the same way that they did 10 months ago or when I or that I was there for them 10 months ago when I could move. So I have some advantages, but I'm really concerned about those people who don't have it, the advantages that I have, despite the fact that I'm I mean, I'm not pumped. I've got the situation and it seems to be deteriorating. The neuropathy is getting worse. And, you know, my, I don't know how long you can deal with a heart rate that's so high. Like I'll see that on my Fitbit, it looks like I've exercised eight hours and 38 minutes, but really I'm lying on the couch. I'm like, I wish that was from, (laughs) I wish that was from biking, but it's not, you know, my heart, my, my autonomic nervous system, my is out of whack. I have cardiovagal, adrogenic dysfunction, among other things. But but I can. I can still, you know, use my voice and my experience and try to get shed light on this. Like I started speaking out more loudly when they started wanted to give vaccines to kids. And I'm like, but wait, you don't have a safety net. You don't have a safety net. How can we be giving this to kids at this point? And we don't even know what the long-term impacts are going to be on those children. Like that is concerning. I don't know what my long-term, I know what my 10 month impacts are and I don't think it's going to change tomorrow. And I would not wish this on, on anyone, not even, not even an enemy or a mean person at this point. Like it's awful. Yeah. It's what I was going to say is, I mean, thinking about like that woman at the gym, and then I'll see the flip side of it. How can this person so against vaccines? How do you not know that their wife is vaccine injured? What if, what if you didn't? What if it was a kid? What if it was a, like a guy my age who's like, yeah, I'm against them. It's like, well, let's say you're my mom. And let's say you didn't have like, you know, disability and a supporting husband. I'd be like, dude, my mom's completely screwed. Like you, and you think I'm just some anti-vaxxer, but you don't know how this is like ruined my family. Like nothing's ever going to be the same. There is no safety net. Sure, I get it. It's a pandemic. And yeah, I, I, despite everything we're talking about, statistically, the vast majority of people won't be vac- vaccine injured, which doesn't mean a damn thing to someone like you. But sure, to someone that's just like, hey, I'm just going to take it. Go for it. 
But then you, you, I mean, you have to open your heart in the same way that it's like, how many people that aren't wearing masks? I mean, suicides are through the roof. And I'm not even saying that as someone who's lost someone. I'm just like, let's just use that as like a traumatic thing. Lockdowns have caused a massive spike in suicides. Maybe there's someone out there that's not wearing a mask because that's the only kind of like the punching bag I was talking about earlier. The only thing they can grab onto to sort of fight against what happened to their brother or sister or mom or son is that like, you know what? The least I can do for them is to not wear a mask and and end these uh, mandates and lockdowns sooner because I don't want this to happen to someone else. And if you're just looking at it, it's like, look at that idiot redneck. He won't wear a mask. I bet he's a Republican. Little do you know, it's some dude whose sister hung herself because she hasn't, there's been no social life for a year. And you go, oh, that person's doing the one thing. I. It's not like your sister was murdered and you can go do some John Wick shit and like hunt down the killer. It's like the one thing they have is like, I'm going to rip this mask off. Like, screw everyone. Now, is that everyone? Absolutely not. But that's those are extreme examples. The the the, the woman at the gym losing her husband, the, the hypothetical person losing a sister. But what those represent are people coming from a not a bad, I want to kill your grandma. They're coming from a place of they're doing what they think is best. Again, those are extreme examples. But even if it's something smaller, like me, who's going, you know, maybe someone else out there is losing someone to suicide. Or maybe there's someone that didn't lose uh, a husband to COVID, but maybe they lost someone to a, just a random blood clot five years ago. And they're like, hey, man, I know what it's like to lose a partner. And there are people out there losing partners to COVID. So you know what? I'm for the mask, even though COVID's never touched my life. You look at all these things and you're like, dude, so much of this is just really what it is. And I know this sounds cheesy and idyllic. It's extreme love. And there's this, it's these two big bubbles of love. But they're rubbing against each other and there's sparks. And we're all going, there's sparks. Why would these people want sparks? And the reality is, it's like, dude, it's not that. There are some people that are like, I want sparks. And again, we've, we've agreed. They can go to hell. They're <laughs> demons. But like <laughs> inner circle, I mean, Dante is Inferno. Like those people suck, right? But there are these, the vast majority is people who are genuinely doing what they think is the best thing. Or, you know, if you've lost someone, they're doing what they know is the best thing. And there's nothing you're going to do to change their mind. We have to start looking at that. And the only way, the only way you can have these discussions is by having these discussions. So if you censor it, you're killing all chances at empathy. You're killing it all. Are some of them wrong? Probably. There are guys out there that are, COVID's not real. And it's like, well, you're insane. Like you're, you're genuinely insane. The earth is flat. Okay. Got it. And then there are people that are like boosters every month for the rest of our lives enforced by the military. And it's like, you're a Nazi. Like, you know, I get that. But even those, you have to have those discussions because the only way to fight misinformation and disinformation is by proving them wrong. If Joe Rogan's going on there every day going four plus four is five, you don't say misinformation, misinformation, the White House needs to work with Spotify. No, you have a mathematician go on there, get a whiteboard and go, it's eight. Here's some marbles. We want to do a visual learner. Here's an abacus. <laughs> you want a calculator? I'll, you can punch it in yourself. You can bring your own calculator. Maybe mine's, maybe I'm cheating. That's how you fight this stuff is by discussion. But when you just go, 
misinformation. It's misinformation. It's like, what the hell is going on? So the only way you can have these discussions is by literally having these discussions. And yes, just like the Sparks, just like the guy that wants to kill grandma, there are going to be some terrible people out there. But again, you don't need to silence them. If they say COVID is not real and the earth is flat, the Democrat and the Republican can both kind of look at each other and be like, dude, what the hell did that guy just say? Like, let it go. Yeah. It, it, let it go. You don't need to pay. You, have, you don't need to. No one's ever removed tabloids from grocery stores. You know, That's when it true. says Godzilla is actually Hillary Clinton who killed Elvis. No one goes, this is dangerous. <laughs> People go, oh, I can't believe somebody's making money off that paper. Good on them. I respect the grift. Like, I don't know where the hell I'm going with this now, but you can't censor people, damn it. But that the censorship is concerning, and I'd say I love I love the humor that you're putting at it. First of all, <laughs> but like from a more serious note, like sure. I think you're doing those who are injured or have had a trauma of sort. For me, those who are vaccine injured, you're injuring them again by yeah. um, silencing their truth, like. This is true. I really wish it wasn't. You know, I would have loved to meet, met you some other way, not coming on your show as a vaccine injured, being like, this is my experience. Yeah. It sucks. My leg's burning right now. Like, yeah. I, I, but it's my truth. And if you're, if you're going to injure me and then try and keep me quiet and, or not have empathy for me, that's doing additional harm and additional pain. It's causing me pain, like literally. And I have enough pain, thank you. So why don't you just let me tell my truth? And I, again, I get more concerned about other people who don't have the supportive network that I do. And it takes energy to speak out, you know, like probably my adrenaline is going up. Oh no, actually I'm in a calm right now with you. My heart rate's not that high. So well, you can, yes. you can see when I start getting passionate because my right cheek will start to get red. I you can, see it. So you can find yeah, And there's like a patch of white in the center. Go back uh-huh. and watch any episode of me with a doctor talking about COVID. I start screaming and I'm like, I look like Hitler. I start turning red and I'm like, that the vaccine's a personal freedom. And you can see, and if it's a really, if I'm really getting passionate, if I have on like Dr. McCullough or someone, it'll just engulf my whole face. I'll start to look like a demon. But sorry, uh, adrenaline. I, I, I don't think, I don't even, I can't even see that it would be possible that you're looking like a demon, not with I, the words I, that I've been hearing. I don't, mute it, mute it, and then just look at me and you'll see it. But I mean, even there's yeah. like some, some symbolism of censorship. If you listen, he's yeah. not a demon. Mute it and look at what someone says on a news article. Joe Rogan's a demon. You're like, well, I guess he is. Yeah, you know, I I have to admit, like, back it up to Susanna pre-vaccine, and I I find myself a little guilty of some of these same sort of um, prejudices against, like, people who vote differently than me. Like, I I mean, I'm guilty before this experience happened to me. So talk about, you know, being maybe thankful for the lessons that I'm learning. I'm learning, like, mainstream media isn't, you know, I used to have CNN as an app on my phone and now I'm like, oh no, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna follow that rhetoric. I'm gonna dive into non-mainstream media in a way that I never did before and listen more carefully than ever I did before. And I think we just need people to listen more carefully again to everything yeah. and not write people off, especially their truths. It's painful to do that. Yeah, I mean, sorry, keep going. 
Oh, I was going to say, I actually, um, you know, have kind of organized or tried to support those people in Minnesota who are vaccine injured. And um, we were able to get a meeting with staffers for uh, Governor Waltz here in Minnesota. And this was in December. After many, I got many people to call and finally we got a meeting and we, six of us shared our stories. You know, one is a heartbreaking 25-year-old firefighter from Minnesota who died six hours after his first Moderna shot. Then there's me, then there's my story. Then there's another mom talking about her young 19-year-old son who has symptoms similar to mine. And, you know, other, other people with myocarditis focus issues. So we all share our stories. They give us 30 minutes that they they let us have 45. Kim was there as well, um, supporting us. And the Minnesota Vaccine Safety Council uh, was there as well. And then when we, they said they would follow up with us, they weren't following up. I tried to get back. So I got back to them. We sent notes. We gave them the updated numbers of, you know, over like 15,000 Minnesotans injured. And we asked them, could you please just these are our asks. Acknowledge we exist so that we can get more help, you know, when we go to the doctor's office, like, yes, vaccine injuries are real. And then support us, like support us through research, research us. There's a $7.7 billion surplus right now in Minnesota. I'm like, use a little bit of that money to support us or support those people who are paying out of pocket since the federal government is not doing that and hasn't paid out a dime yet. Time out from all the COVID talk. If there's any state running a surplus right now, I mean, they, they need to take over the federal government. I mean, my God, that's completely regardless of COVID. I mean, hats off. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I get, you, you, you what? Well, I would say hats off, except that they turned us away. Uh, like yeah, they well, said, no, they would not be pursuing our proposal. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, I, I voted for that guy. He's a Democrat. I voted for Governor Walls. I voted straight down the party line. And I was like, are you serious? You're like seriously going to completely leave us in the dust when you have a surplus. You know we exist. It hurts to be, it hurts to be burned, dude. I mean, I've voted on both. I've voted in four elections now. I've voted on both sides of the aisle twice. And it hurts to be burned. I voted for Obama in 08 because I was like, close Guantanamo Bay. And that didn't happen. In 2012, I voted for Romney because I was pre-med. And I was like, fuck Obamacare. He didn't win, so it didn't matter. 2016, I voted for Bernie in the primaries because I was at the lowest point in my life. And that's not like a joke about Bernie. It was because I was like, everyone needs mental health care. It was two years after I lost my brother. In 2020, I voted for Trump because I was like, yeah, I fucking like where the economy is going. And now I'm like, and Trump's the guy that passed warp speed and is getting is making it so people like you can't talk about it. And not only that... He was in office when the censorship started. He never did a thing about it. The vast majority of episodes I talked to, not just injured people like yourself, but McCullough, Malone, Fareed, Urso, Merrick, Nass, on and on and on, Alexander, Hodkinson, Hatfill, Alabic, all physicians that I'm interviewing are all censored and can't talk about anything. They can't fight back against it. And Pfizer and Moderna and AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson, they have the ability to wage absolute war because they were waived all liability. It hurts to get burned. And you go, I voted for that asshole. That's how it feels. And it's, but there is a lesson to be learned from that. Is you go, it's not going to be red or blue that save us. It's going to be people yes. talking to one, the purple. It's going to be people talking to each other and going, 
Yes. What, what is going on? How different are we? I mean, how, not only do you realize that like everyone is coming from love, you also realize that we're all being screwed by the people in charge. It's that dawning moment where you go, it really isn't left and right, right? It's it's up and down. It's up and down, damn it. And I've got an inkling that the people on the up might be making us think it's left. And then, you know, and then it's like, well, yeah, and there you go. And now you've figured out all of human history. And, you know, and that's when you get killed because you become a danger, like JFK or something. But, like, I get what you're saying. I think you get what I'm saying. I mean, the only way to, ha- again, to have these discussions are to have these discussions. And even if, and we're, you and I are agreeing on everything. Let's say we were vehemently opposed. Like, I would love to have someone on here who, like, lost a spouse to COVID. Like, you know, pull my pants down and, you know, show me what it's like. Like, you know, because I can sit here and agree with you. I can sit here with doctors and agree. I haven't had anyone come. I would love to have Dr. Fauci on here. What if, what if, maybe he really is a demon from hell. I, I kind of think he is. Maybe he really is a demon from hell. Maybe he's not. Maybe actually get him to open up, have a couple drinks with him, and he's just like, dude, I'm as confused as anyone. I'm scared shit. Maybe. Again, I don't really think, but maybe. Truly, maybe. And so not only do you have to have these discussions, then there's the there's the kind of more meta layer to it. We can have these discussions, and you and I can agree, right? What if we disagree? What if I'm sitting here and, and I lost a, a wife to, let's say I'm 30, I'm not. Let's I am 31. Let's say I was married. I'm not. Let's say I was, and I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with this person, and I get a year with them, and there's a freak accident, and they die of COVID. What if you and I were sitting here, and I'm going, I see your point. You used to bike 150 miles in two days, granted. And you're looking at me, and you're like, you're like, I, I am, you know, now I have brain fog. I was valedictorian, but here's this young guy that just lost his wife, and they were planning their whole life together. We're not going to really agree. We're going to agree to disagree. But number one, you have to have that discussion, the free, the no censorship. But now what's the bigger level? What's the zoomed out even further? Not just the big picture. What's the collage of big pictures? What do we do when we don't agree? That, I think, is where meditation comes in. And that's beyond COVID. But what's beautiful about it is it's not just applicable to COVID. It's also applicable to the war in Iraq. It's applicable to Vietnam. It's applicable to, you know, trying to figure out why slavery existed for so long. It's, it's applicable to, I mean, the Holocaust. I mean, I mean, you can't bring your mind to even begin to rationalize it, but you'd have to be like, all right, why did you think you had to do this? Granted, they're all demons from hell and they all should and were hung at Nuremberg. But I'm using these extreme examples is to say, at some point, you ha- and that's going to be really bad. That's absolutely going to be clipped out of here. Someone's going to say that and saying, Tommy says use meditation to justify the whole Jesus Christ in heaven. That was maybe- Yeah, somebody the- might do that to yeah, you, right? You know Which well, is not <laughs> what you are trying to not say a, at Not all. at all. My, I mean, my, grandfa- my grandfather's brother killed Nazis with his hands. So, you know what? Screw them. But the point I'm trying to make is this. If at the very least we can at least have the discussion, the next level is, is well, what do we do when the two bubbles of love collide. You have to realize that they are bubbles of love. And that's 
the vast majority of people are going to hear that and turn off this episode now. They're like, all right, they're going into the tree hugging stuff. Man, <laughs> you you won't know until you've tried. It's 110. I got to use the restroom real quick. I'm going to do what I do with every guest and throw you in the hot seat. And you are now going to monologue for 30 seconds because it makes it easier than cutting out. So welcome, to, Su- welcome to Susanna okay. Cast. This is the Susanna cast. Um, I, you know what I'll do at this time? I think I will just uh, read what my birthday wish was on LinkedIn. Um, I recently had a birthday on February 7th. And with my birthday, I had a series of, of wishes. Uh, and that is that we could pull together and not apart for humanity. And I have some examples of how you can do that. Find the common humanitarian ground when speaking with somebody whose opinion is different than your own, which is exactly what we were talking about. Not invalidating somebody else's truth or pain just because it makes you uncomfortable. Turn off the news and love your neighbor, which is a quote from my friend Anna Boats. She's a photographer. Smile at people you don't know. Consider mainstream media with a critical thinking mind instead of just thinking it's crazy. I never did until recently. Use the words both and and instead of but. We talked about that one. Walk in someone else's shoes for a day. I have a deeper understanding of how difficult and taxing it is to be handicapped. We are coming back right at the right time. I only have two more of these or three more of these. Beautiful. Um, What you focus on grows, which is what my amazing neighbor Antoinette said. So grow humanity and not division. Complete an act and run an act a random act of kindness and please share my birthday wish. So I was just sharing my. I don't know if you can hear that. No, no, going, no, I go, I go, I know, I go. Off. I monologued it and Good. I uh, I shared my birthday wish. It was recently my birthday, February seventh. So happy I happy happy birthday. Thank you, thank you. And my birthday wish, uh, I you know I put it out there on social media, hoping it would spread, which contains so many parts of what we've been talking about. Um, and exactly, I think my number two is exactly what you said. Like, you know, respect other people's opinions and understand that they're they have those for a certain reason. Unless, of course, they're completely evil. But most people are not evil, and remember that too. Yeah, and um, so got about actually. So this episode, because I don't do them live, so I'm going to upload this later. And I got to run in exactly 18 minutes because I got to prepare for. Dr. Malone coming back on here. So oh, I'm great. Super excited about, That's exciting. Was, was only solidified like 24 hours ago. But very I cool. I won't be spoiling it because by the time this episode's up, the episode with Malone will be finished. But so with these 18 minutes, I do kind of want to go into meditation. And I'm probably going to end up monologuing. So have mercy. But for me, number one is like the importance of meditation, you know, in, in college, you know, kind of like you being a good example of, you know, and it sucks to suck. And it's like, gee, thanks. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm the example. I can bike and I was valedictorian. Now I have brain fog. Now I have brain fog and need a wheelchair. Great. I'm glad I'm the example. <laughs> Given. I look at how meditation changed my life. I've always been a hard worker. When I put my mind to things, I can just do it. Never played basketball until like seventh grade. All my friends have been playing since kindergarten. Decided I wanted to play basketball. Did it nonstop by eighth grade. I was like one of the best players. Just dialed it up. Never was into sports or really kind of being athletic. 
I started working out like eighth grade. That's all I did. I, I looked like a bodybuilder by the time I graduated high school. I mean, genuinely looked like a bodybuilder. I just put my mind to things. Was never that great of a student, though, and I could kind of do one-track things. Freshman year, partied a lot, terrible grades, blah, blah, blah. Sophomore year, really kind of, I don't really even remember how or why, but I think it was the day of or the day after my 20th birthday, like August 7th, and I just meditated. I think I was having anxiety or something or tried something, and I just meditated. I sat cross-legged on like a pillow on my bed and just kind of went inside, and it brought me peace and it also made me realize that long-term goals can absolutely be accomplished you just have to break them down into baby steps i was a 4.0 student for the rest of college graduated magna cum laude published my own Yay. research in aquatic toxicology scored in the top scored in the 95th.6 percentile on the mcat got into the university of miami miller school of medicine scored in the 99th percentile on the pcat got into pharmacy school per, again perfect shape uh, was, was was taking out student loans, but still even making money. I had like my own stock portfolio. Work the hard, and so people go like, "What happened? What snapped?" And I'd always say, "I just I'd meditate a couple times a day," and it just you say it to people, and they kind of just they glass over, and they're like, "Okay," and I'm like, "I," and the thing is, is like, you can't, you really can't explain it, and I hate this analogy because it sounds like some Ivy League. Like, you know, oh, peasant, you wouldn't understand. But you really can't understand until you start doing it. And I say that meaningfully because I don't understand the importance of meditation. Every day is new. I go, I don't want to meditate today. It's 20 minutes. I'd rather play on my phone. Why do I need to meditate? And then you meditate and you go, oh, that's why. And it's been about an hour and a half since I meditated and it's already kind of fading. I'm like, why do I do that? It doesn't. It's a weird thing. But it's the one thing I can point to. I stopped doing it after my brother died. And granted, you could also go, well, it might have been that your brother died and you decided not to go to medical school and there was an existential crisis. But I started meditating again when I started this podcast in 2019 and my life has become immeasurably better. Now, there are other things to it. There's growth. There's realizing that life is tough and that no one's there to pick you up. My parents are. But, you know, one day my parents won't be there. Like, you got to fight for yourself. But meditation is what always brings it back down. And when I don't meditate, I can see it start to get worse. Meditating, in many ways, every day is not going to be this profound, ah, like I am a Buddha on top of a mountain. Like, no. Every once in a while, like once every year, you might have some cool little moment of pure, like, bliss and divinity. For me, what it is, is it's your windshield wiper on the lowest possible setting. And it's barely even like misting out. Maybe just like snow flurries. You just leave it on the lowest setting. You don't you don't notice it because you're just driving along. But then you know when it's you're like it's not raining that much and the windshield wipers are kind of squeaky, so you just turn them off anyway. You're like whatever. And then like a minute or two goes by, and you're like it's kind of hard to. You're like it's not not snowing. Like there's something. So you turn it back on. And maybe it's only every 10 seconds. But eventually you go, yeah, yeah, you know, that squeak's worth it because I can see the road. To me, that's what, and sometimes it's bigger. Sometimes meditation is full speed during a rainstorm and it really helps you get through the shit like after my brother died or for you where you are now. I'm in a spot right now where it's kind of just that occasional, 
I just make sure it stays clear. And if I don't do it for a couple of days, you can't really can't really see it. I start to get one. I, I actually start to get like brain fog. But two, I made my heart's not as open. My heart's not as open at all. You know, if you were like, I try to open my heart and think that the people that don't want me to talk about my vaccine injury are maybe they're scared. I would be more prone to say, fuck them, total war. Tell them to burn in hell. You were injured. It's a lot harder to go, where are they coming from? What are we doing? So on one hand, you can use it as like a way to accomplish goals. This is episode 708. Every day I'm like, I just got to do like two episodes today. That's all I got to do. What do I have to do to be prepared for episodes? You got to go to bed. You have to get at least eight hours. You got to be sharp. You got to be awake. You can't be stressed and you can't have, you know, can't have a temper, you know, or an attitude. Okay. What else do I need to do? I always go to the gym. I do my mile like a champ. I lift weights for 10 minutes. And then I, you know, I put on clean clothes, shower, shave, look good, feel good. And I meditate, do the podcast. Okay. What else do I do? I listen to an audiobook. I try to knock out one audiobook a week. All right. Just so I'm always up to date on, not up to date, but non-fictional audiobooks. I like to have a large historical mass of information in my mind to draw analogies from. Meditation helps me do those little baby steps, but we're not talking about that. So that's one aspect of it is the accomplishment. So you look back, you go 700 episodes. Wow. I've lost 30 pounds. Wow. I've read, I've read 80 books since I started this podcast. I haven't read, I haven't read five books in the last decade. Now I'm doing that's the accomplishment side, though. There's a whole other side, right? You can use the knife to kill someone or you can use the knife to put butter on toast. So there's like a very kind of go get it, you know, corporate alpha mindset that you can use out, uh, meditation for. The other one is opening your heart to where others are. And to do that, you kind of have to go inside and see where where you are. Where is this coming from? Yeah, it sucks. It fucking sucks my brother killed himself. It just sucks. Yeah, it sucks I got vaccine injured. It sucks that my Fitbit says I've been working out for eight hours, but I've been watching TV. That sucks. Does that change the fact that it happened. Don't say that to me. Does that change the fact that it happened? No. Was someone responsible for it? Maybe, maybe did someone killed my brother. No, okay. For you. They said it was safe and effective. They might be responsible. They might be demons from hell. Does that change the fact it happened? No. Okay. So where are we? We're here and we're now. What can I do to make it better? The doctors say there's nothing to do. That sucks too. What can we do to make it better? I can go to this talk. I can go to this march. They're probably all Republicans and I'm a Democrat. That's something I can do. Well, what makes it better? Maybe one less person gets vaccine injured. Does that make my life better? Might make me feel better. Probably doesn't make it much better. Is it something I can hold on to to move forward in life? Because when you have a goal and when you have a purpose, 
it helps you you move towards that okay what is that for me with this podcast i want to raise a bunch of money i want to donate it to mental health research and i like to talk about it a lot because it makes me feel like i'm lowering the stigma around it people talk about you know it's you don't really want to talk about that no it fucking sucks all right so that's that is that just a feel-good story tommy you now have a purpose to wake up every morning and work towards well no the very action of moving towards a goal whether it's one less suicide or one less vaccine injured death or Maybe it's fentanyl. Maybe you have someone that died from fentanyl. And you're like, I'm going to fight the opioid epidemic or whatever. You're railing against climate change, whatever. When you have that goal to move towards that thing you're looking at, and it's based on helping others, whether that helps you or whether it's you feel that you're suffering and so you want to help other people suffer less, when that thing you're moving towards comes out, and I'm making this all up as I go, but when you're moving towards that thing that's based on love, like moving towards water leaves like a wake, the wake you leave is better. You are, you're, I call my mom every night. I never did that in college. I call my mom every night since I moved out last April. I'm a better son. I'm nicer to my siblings, my older and younger brother, who disagree with me on a lot. It helps me see them as other people. I, 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 I take care of my body more. I'm like exercise. I'm like, take a multivitamin. Like you're not getting younger. I try to have on people that I don't agree with. I try to keep my mind open to things. A year ago, I would probably be more in the mindset of like, burn it all down, kill the enemy. People are getting vaccine injured. Now I'm like, maybe they lost a husband to COVID. So if you move towards a goal that's good for yourself, that keeps you going, but like when the mask comes down on the plane, help yourself before you help others because if you can't, if you're not there to be helped, if you're dead, you can't help others. When you're moving towards a goal based on love, vaccine injury, suicide, fentanyl, climate change, immigration, whatever, you will start to give off little wakes of love you'll be better to your parents to your children to your friends to your family to your community i recycle now i just recycle there's a thing if you don't have a goal and this is my own experience my life tumbles because i there's nothing to work towards so i just start chasing pleasure and that's weight gain that's daily drinking that's pills if you have a goal god forbid and it's a goal out of negativity, vengeance, I'm going to fucking get those vaccine manufacturers if it's the last fucking thing I do. That might give you a purpose. You're going to be giving off like flames of death. Not those nice ripple waves, but flames of death. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That first half is about goals and stuff. That's something I've thought about so many times so I can kind of put it out more eloquently. Everything I just said about kind of going inside, that's all true, but I've never actually tried to like put it into words before. So I hope it came off good, but that was definitely making that up as I go. It came off great. And I had a conversation um, a long time ago when this first happened to me, it it revolved around exactly what you said. A, A friend of mine, as I was saying, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, 
As we go to this doctor, she's like, you need to go inward to figure out what you wanted, what you need, what your body needs. Like, instead of grabbing it, like, I need to get to this doctor's point. I need this. I need that. Like, go in and figure it out. And I mean, I feel like me going in, I used, you know, I was taking medications, like they were giving me meloxicam and all these other prescription that even hydroxychloroquine. And I'm like, it's not helping me at all. Like it wasn't helping me. I wasn't having a reduction in pain. So, and you know, those things like at least meloxicam can hurt your liver. So instead like going inward and literally trying to reduce my stressors that are causing inflammation has helped me significantly. And I think all of us, as we go inward, it becomes clearer and there is clarity around what we want to focus on and what we focus on is does grow, right? Like what you just said, it's like, if, if you focus on your anger, maybe you're going to look to drinking or whatever to like calm that down. But if you're focusing on clarity, calmness, sharing what you can share regarding mental health, which I love, by the way, on many fronts, especially for vaccine injured, because we're seeing so many vaccine injured with significant, and even me, I've struggled with, you know, feeling pretty sad about this in yeah. a way that it's hard. It's hard. So I, I mean, I thank you for that too, but I just think that folk like going inward allows you to get clarity about what your body and your mind and your soul needs. And again, I know I'm tree hugging here, just like you said, but I think it's the only way too that you, then you can have empathy for others who think differently than you other you're to get yourself out of that fight and flight mode where you're, you're centered, you understand what you need and you're doing the best thing that you can do, not only for yourself, but kind of for the world ultimately, because you're more centered on, on what you want to grow for the community. Yeah. And so I love what you said. No, I love what you said. And I'm kind of now realizing that you can actually kind of bring the two together, the goal, the goal orientation and the, the kind of recovery orientation is when you have those distant goals you know i'm gonna do this because this thing you know again the goal it's good to have a goal you gives you kind of purpose but it's also you give off like the ripples let's also be very realistic we've all had those goals that we have in our mind and we're like i'm gonna do that thing um we've all started a semester going i'm gonna be a straight a student you go to every class you take notes you use a highlighter you're like dude i am gonna i am i am harvard like that doesn't make sense you're like i am yale and they're like that doesn't make sense tommy you know you're having a stroke and i'm like i am you know what but then you get two weeks in and you're that that positivity and that inspiration wears off and all of a sudden you realize it's just a saturday morning and you're like i'm studying you know kim why so to me, that's where meditation comes in because it's this renewing inspiration. It really is. Like it's, it's not just all peace and love. It's also it helps, you, it helps you conquer your goals. It helps you, hey, man, 15,000 people applied to the medical school I got into. 100 got in. It also helps you kind of eviscerate your enemies. And I know, I know that sounds completely antithetical to everything I'm saying, but in terms of accomplishing your own goals, it allows you to be the very best that you can be. And I don't, I don't feel shameful saying that because there's no money to be made off meditation. If somebody is making money, they're a scammer, run the other way. If I ever try to sell anyone a meditation and there's money involved, run, run the other way. But there's not. There's just 
It costs nothing. Go inside and do it. So what those goals are is, well, Tommy, that sounds great. How do I get that positive goal? The vaccine injury, the suicide, the fentanyl, the immigration, the what, climate change, the whatever. Those happy feelings, that inspiration, the let's do it. We're going to do it. We're going to change the world. And then you leave the Tony Robbins conference and you're like, I'm going to go to Burger King. And it's like, wait, what happened to the, I thought we were going to do the, I thought we were going to have abs. What? A, so you have to be very realistic about it though. So you go, all right, how do I do this? And that's where the whole accomplishment aspect of meditation comes in. It, is, it allows you to go. I mean, I remember when I was on episode 40, I kind of fell out of the meditation and I was like, I'm just going to get to episode 80. I'm just going to brute force. And I did like three a day for like two weeks. And then like I just crashed and burned. And it only got me to episode 61. And I got back into meditation. There are hiccups. You just kind of get out of it. And you go back in and you're like, what can I do? You're like, I know I can do two today. I know I can do two. I know I can do two good ones. Let's just, but it's only two. I know, just do, just do two. And I can do that for about five days and then I need to take two days off. But it's two days of not, I know it's two days of not working. And then you blink and you're at episode 100. And then you blink and you're at 200. I swear I was just doing an episode, just doing episode 600. And it was like, how did we get here? And now I'm on 708 and you go, I don't even, how the hell we get here? I don't even know how we got here. Like I slept through my alarm kind of thing. And even though now I'm like, how did we get to 708? Was that episode 800? Hey man, congrats. You're episode 900. What am I going to do for episode of that? And you just keep you're like, how does this even happen? But it's because you break it down into these very tiny, like, like exercising you move up the weights a very little bit at a time. And the ego in your mind's like, no, you got to turn the weights all the way up now. We got to sprint on the treadmill. And it's like, and then you tear your bicep and you can't exercise for three months versus you're like, what's a definitive amount of work? Still got to put, you know, no pain, no gain, but just do what you can do. And then there's this, so there's this synthesis to where you look back and you go, oh my God, it worked. I put a goal on the horizon, and now I'm here. I lost the weight. I got to episode 80. I got to episode 700. And you go, oh. And then it allows you to go, that, that goal was great. I've become a better person in that process, and I accomplished it by just doing a little bit each day. And that's where the real fun begins because then you start to go, well, let's put a couple other goals on the horizon because they will will be here right away. So that's why I'm now like, all right, I want to be as big as Joe Rogan one day. That's probably going to take a decade. I do want to open a medical school with a mental health bent, you know, name it after my brother. That is what I want to do. I do want to do this. I do want to do that. And because you start to get, you get a little cocky, you go, well, I just did this. So what else can I do? And then you break it down into daily sizes. And you don't get all overwhelmed into, how the hell am I going to open a medical school? You need like a $10 billion endowment. Are you high, Tommy? Like, you're kicked off YouTube. How are you going to be bigger? And then you, what can I do today? I can meditate. It's I can do a good podcast with Susanna. And we can just do the best we can, open our hearts. I got one more after this. 
And then I'm going to take the rest of the evening off. And we're going to get back to it tomorrow. Episode 800, 900, 2000, 5000. Cutting the ribbon at the medical school. I have gray hair. How'd it happen? Just little, tiny. And I know I just beat you to death with a... Now you can... uh, Four easy payments of $600. You can now have Tommy's meditation course. You just got to give me your credit card and the security code. Don't forget (laughs) that. And... um, But you do got to wrap this up in a minute. Susanna, closing thoughts? Yeah, no, I I mean, I think it is a matter of slowing down, really. I mean, as a athlete, we, and as people, like, we just push through things. And what you're saying is do the opposite of push through. And what I'm saying is the same, right? Slow down, center yourself, get grounded, and you can you can accomplish more, believe it or not, instead of pushing through on the coffee, pushing through. Yeah whatever it is, slow down center. I can heal. I literally plan to heal myself to some degree. Mm -hmm. We don't have any cures for this. So I'll use meditation for it. But do those baby steps and you're going to snap. And all of a sudden you're going to go, I can't believe I just biked a mile and never thought I'd bike again. I don't know when that happens. And I'm certainly not a doctor or physical therapist. So I don't want to get your hopes up. But I would imagine if you put your, if someone like me can build a podcast where after this I'm interviewing the inventor of the mRNA vaccine for the sixth time, you can do whatever you want to. So that's, that's kind of where I come from with this is like, just put your mind to it. Maybe you can't, well, then maybe you can help others. And that gives you a purpose to move forward. The ripples come off of love. It's just all good. It really is. It's just all good, you know? And then no matter what, at the end of the day, you die anyway. So you might as well give off the love ripples than the bad ones. I mean, yes. that, what does it matter? Yes. The Titanic's going down. Hop in the lifeboat or hop in the water. Who cares? Let's drink. The band's playing. Like, there's also that whole kind of carpet. It's it's beautiful. It's, and that's actually what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go meditate before the next podcast. Yes. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I'll email you when this episode thank is up. You. I would love to do another episode. And um, there's another podcast that's a bit bigger than mine that I'm going to try to get you on. I have no control over that. It's every once in a while, if I have guests, I'll try to toss them over there. Sometimes they take them, sometimes they don't. But I think you definitely need a bigger platform. And I think you have the most uh, beautiful take on it. So I'm going to try my hardest to do that. It might not work. They might just say, no, I'm not interested. In which case, I'm going to be like, all right, right. you make me look like an idiot now. But I appreciate you trying. It's all about that. We're we're making kindness contagious here instead of COVID, right? Yeah. Yeah. Give up. Kindness 19. Yeah. A hundred times more virulent. It's crazy. You've heard of the Delta variant. Have you heard of kindness? My God, it's dissolving everything. (laughs) They can't stop it. uh, There is no social distancing. Everyone's hugging. Shit. We're losing the narrative. (laughs) Um, But that was, that was, that was a, that was a beautiful episode. Thank you. That was good for me. Thank you. I feel better now. I didn't even know I I needed that. I do feel better. Very last point. And then I do have to run. The one thing we've been talking about this whole episode, meditation. But how do you meditate? What techniques do you use? I don't, none of it matters. I've used every technique in the book. None of them matter and they all matter. Sit on a pillow, turn, shut the door, turn on some white noise like a fan and close your eyes for 20 minutes. And the first one's probably going to suck. Your hundredth one's probably going to suck. It eventually gets better and better. If there are other techniques you want to try, use them. Don't tell yourself there is no technique. I say there is no technique because I've done every technique. But you have to go through that. So if you see a technique and you go, I'm really interested in that, do that one. If it says follow your breath, follow your breath. If it says there's a mantra, 
Do a mantra. If it says, light a candle and stare at the light, do that. Do it all. Do everything. Set out crystals. Don't burn incense. Don't. Do whatever you want. Do it in nature. Do it in bed. Do it laying down. Do it standing up. Just start doing it, and you'll find the one that works for you. So that is the most important part, is people say, well, I don't know how to meditate. Neither do I. But I'm gonna. I'm about to go sit down for my 10,000th meditation. And I Moment. still have no idea what I'm doing. But it feels good, damn it. Susanna, I know well, I'm I, sending you good energy for yes, your meditation. I've told Thank you, you I've so told much. you I have to end this like 10 times and then I keep interrupting myself and keep talking. So you got to go do it. It's like, time. thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. Susanna. I will, I will text it to you when it's up later. God bless. God bless everybody. Stay safe. Love each other. Meditate all that good Recording stuff. Recording stopped. Thank you so much.